cool. Um, yeah, Book of Romans. Uh, carrying on, obviously, from Friday with that great word last week, um, Romans 12. Uh, we're going to be getting into Romans 13. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. Let, let's get in. Can someone grab Romans 13? Yeah. And and we, we're, we're going to read from verse 1 to 7. So we're getting into Romans 13, um, and we're going to read from verse 1 to 7. Yep, if you want to come forward, Joseph, so you can read here. Mark is yours, yeah? Okay. So Romans 13, and we're going from verse 1 to 7. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those who exist have been instituted by God. Mm. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. The rules are not a terror to good conduct, mm -hmm. but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is a servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. Mm. For because of this, you may pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Mm. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to, who, to whom revenue is owed, mm. respect to whom respect is owed, honour to whom honour is owed. Mm. Amen, amen, amen. Interesting scripture. Interesting, yeah, it's just an interesting scripture, man. I remember when I got this one, I was thinking, Daniel normally does the odd numbers, isn't it? So I was like, this should have been for Daniel. But <laughs> I would have had Romans 12 still. So I got Romans 13 today. Um, I think for me, one thing that sticks out for me that I that I, that I want to start off or highlight in that, uh, Paul's talking about authority. He's speaking about listening to authority, uh, being subject to authority. Um, and I, I think it's it's important for us to realize that he's talking about this um, when 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 Israel is under Roman rulership. Hello, and um, we and we know that that Roman rulership was not a democracy. It was not uh, lollipops and candy floss. Uh, the Roman loot, the Roman Empire were they were tyrants. Uh, they they were evil. They were doers of wickedness. Uh, we see in the scripture uh, countless times where uh, they 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 went after Christians. Even outside of the Bible, we also understand that they were different uh, rulers in Rome who burned Christians. Pur purposely went after killing Christians. So Paul is talking about listening to leadership, listening to authority, even though. Currently, the authority that is in place is wicked and evil. That's something that I need to highlight. So, yeah. Um, a second bit that I want to highlight about this is we can read the scripture. And I was and I was really confronted when I read the scripture because you know it starts off by saying, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So I said, whoa, okay, let me pause for a second. You can read that in a couple of ways. Two ways came to my head. You can read that and say to yourself, well, what's the point of voting? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. All authority has been instituted by him. He chooses it. So really, there's no, there's, I don't really play a part. He's the one that chooses leaders. Another thing that we might have where, where we read the first seven verses is we might be like, and this is the question that I ask myself. Well, but if you if you if you choose if you choose leaders, then did you choose evil leaders? Hmm. Like, like, was it you that purposely and we, and we can't hide away from it? Hmm. You, 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 you have to ask yourself that question. So, God, are you are you saying that it's you actually that chose these evil people? You chose these evil leaders. It was you that put all of those wicked people in history in place. So I was like, wow. So I was like, oh man, I wish Daniel had the scripture. Um, but those are a couple of questions that you might be confronted by. I want us to hold that and I want us to go to Hosea. Chapter 8, verse 4. So we've got the book of Romans. We've got Paul speaking about authority. He's speaking about not resisting authority. Verse 2 says, therefore, who resists the authorities? What God has appointed and those who resist will incur judgment too. He's speaking about God appointing authority. Um, he's speaking about us as people listening to authority. Um, and I, re- I want us to read Hosea chapter 8, verse 4. If, if someone can grab that. Cheers, bro. They made kings, but not through me. They set up princes, but I knew it not. With their silver and gold, they made idols for their own destruction. Mm, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So now we've got Hosea, chapter 8, verse 4, and it it might now sound like a contradiction because we've got Romans saying, um, well, you know, let every person be subject. There is no authority from God, you know, and those that exist have been instituted by God, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for, uh, and then we've got verse 2 saying God has appointed them, and then we've got Hosea saying, they set up their own kings and not by me. Let's go to John 19, 11. Um, I just want to stay here for a li- just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, John 19, verse 11. Um, if I can read that one. So it's John 19, verse 11. And, and, and I believe this is Jesus speaking to, I believe it's Pontius. Um, And he said, you would have no power or authority over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. So here we start to understand, Okay, cool. So there's a person that is in a position. And Jesus says that you have authority because it's been given to you. Okay, this is really important because. What what Paul is alluding to in in Romans thirteen, um, and we're going to look at a story which really illustrates it, is that not it's not it's not it's not so much that the Lord will choose yeah. the person in power, but the person that is chosen, he will he he will give that person authority. It's almost like okay, you chosen him. Okay, cool. I I will establish that. I say, cool, let them run through. I will give them that authority to run in that office. 
and we can really see this illustrated again I'm just spending some time here because I just think it's important mm-hmm. we can really see this illustrated in first Samuel mm-hmm. so let's go to first Samuel 8 um, and we're going to read from verse 1 to 8 it's a familiar scripture um, and it's in fact let me go there as well I just think it's it's, it's it's just worth us just just reading that scripture. Because First Samuel chapter eight, uh, um, and we're going to go. In fact, let me read um, First Samuel chapter eight, and we're going to go from verse one to eight. So First Samuel eight, and we're going to go from verse one to eight. When Samuel became old, he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his first son was Joel, and the name of his second was Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. Yet his sons did not walk in his ways but turned aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. Then all, the, then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord and the Lord said to Samuel, obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you. But they have not rejected you, but they've rejected me from being king over them. Mm-hmm. I say, according to all their deeds that they have done from that day, I brought them up out of Egypt, uh, uh, even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, um, so that they are also doing, and so they are also doing to you. And then we read ver- verse nine. Um, and now then obey their voice. Only you shall sh- solemnly warn them and show them the ways of a king who shall reign over them. Okay, so this is, I think, a couple things that we can uh, um, really take from this scripture and really connect it with Romans. Number one thing that I believe that um, is really important for us to recognise is that Israel and we have an opportunity to choose the authorities who are above us in some instances, Okay. Uh, number two and God really highlights it and if you read on further he speaks to the children of Israel about the consequences for having this specific leader that they're choosing so there's also something for us to know is that we will reap the consequences of our choices when it comes to the leadership that is above us the people in whom we choose we will reap the consequences of that and then number three God will establish the authority of who is chosen. Okay. Okay. So it's not that God chose uh, those evil leaders. And this is really important for us to know. Because I was thinking to myself, God, so then was it you who chose Hitler? And these are deep, deep, these are questions we have to understand as Christians. Mm-hmm. When someone says, so like why is like why is Hitler and India mean and Napoleon, all of these evil people? Dude, like, did God choose them? It's not that God chose them. But what God does is he's given us free will to choose. And when we choose someone, he says, you know what? I back that authority. Mm-hmm. I will co-sign and establish that authority. That's why he spoke to, that's why Jesus could speak to Pontius Pilate and said, you don't have authority except that it's been given. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have authority unless it's been given. And that's why, let's get back to Romans 13. Mm-hmm. 
Romans 13. In fact, let me go from verse 4. For he is doing, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain, but he is a servant of God, an avenger um, of, of, sorry, an avenger uh, who carries that God's uh, wrath on the wrongdoers. So we've got leadership now that we choose. Um, and God takes that choice. And now he gives them authority to walk in that. And then Paul says this as well, that not only uh, um, will he give authority to who we choose, he's also saying now that that those in authority are actually God's ministers. Mm. They're God's ministers, but they're not even saved. But, but they're God's ministers, though. <laughs> to wrongdoers. To evildoers, meaning that God has a plan for those who are above us. Mm -hmm. God has a plan for those people who are in authority. Mm -hmm. So much so that Paul is called it. And God, I need us to understand, Paul is talking about this in Rome. Mm -hmm. Remember, he's not talking about it in England right now or in the USA or in other countries where, where you can make a vote. You can begin to protest. Yeah. You can get a petition and people will listen to you. He, he's not talking about these are ministers in that context. Yeah. Yeah. He's talking about these are ministers in the context of someone someone can just slew you. Yeah. Someone, do you know what I mean? Herodia can just chop off the head of John the Baptist. We were like, we didn't see the case. I don't remember there being a jury. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying that, wow, well, these are ministers of God. Mm-hmm. This is a hard word. This is this is what Paul is saying that these people are ministers uh, to actually execute a, a judgment on people who are do, who are doing wrong. But we also need to take into consideration Daniel number Daniel chapter two. So uh, so big up Daniel. Uh, let's go to Daniel chapter two. And then we're going to go to Acts as well. Uh, Daniel chapter 2, verse 21. Uh, let me get that. If, 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 if anyone would like to read that one, Daniel chapter 2, uh, verse 21. Here, go for it. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Oh. Curveball. We choose. He gives that person authority. They're a minister. But it's also the Lord still, he removes kings and he sets up kings. Meaning he he, he removes uh, authorities and he sets up authorities. And it's really important for us to, to know, because I was like, okay, this is just, this doesn't make sense now. That word remove, mm-hmm. it actually means he allows it to pass away. Mm-hmm. He allows those authorities to pass away. And that word to set up means he allows certain authorities to stand. That's why, and I, and I believe that there's another scripture that, 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 that speaks about the Lord having the hearts of the kings in his hand. Mm-hmm. Even though he's given them authority, he's still God. And we can see throughout history that those kingdoms that thought that they were 
Again, I'm from East. That thought that they were too heavy. Mm. Uh, that thought that they were uh, above everything. Thought mm. thought that Rome thought that they would never be brought down. Yeah, true, true. They never would have thought that. Uh, Genghis Khan and 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 them guys never would have thought that there would be a season where no one was checking for Italy. Mm. No one was checking for for certain countries. No one. But it's the Lord who will allow a authority to pass away or he will allow it to remain. Mm. So even though we as Christians have that choice and and as people in choosing our authorities and also reaping, it's still the Lord who will decide whether it remains, whether it stands. Mm. And we see that again in the story of Saul and David. In fact, even though uh, Saul wasn't really God's choice, he actually would have allowed Saul's kingdom to stand, except for when he didn't listen. Mm. Um, and then he went about uh, taking the sheep and then lying about it. Mm. At that point, he said, I can't let your authority stand. Mm. It needs to pass away. Mm. It, need, it, need, it needs to pass away. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm now going to allow someone else's authority to stand. Mm. Um, um, but, but in all this, uh, let's get back into Romans. Um, Rob, Rob, Romans 13 because um, one might read the scripture and say okay Josh so Romans 13 chapter 1 verse 7 so do I just listen to authority then if Boris says jump do I jump if Boris says go left do I go left if Boris says go right do I go right well what I will say to that is, and Acts chapter 5, verse 29, I'm just going to read it quickly. It sums up really, really good. Uh, Acts chapter 5, verse 29 says, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. Did, should I read it again? Yeah. yeah. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. So what does that mean? Yes, we obey authority. Yeah. If um, it's so important, it's even baffling to me. But Paul includes it in his letter because he really wants the Christians there to understand that their conduct is important. Their conduct in obeying the laws of the land is important. Mm. It is actually important, even though they're underneath a tyrant. Mm. They're saying from verse six, fam, like, if you owe taxes, then pay the taxes. Mm-hmm. Like, like, if you owe revenue to someone, then give them revenue. Ah, oh, no, but he's evil. I'm going to take that and tithe it and then give it to... No, no, no. No, no, no. Paul's bringing it up specifically because he needs them to understand. No, 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 no. You need to render to authorities what is meant to be rendered to them. Yeah. The only time we don't listen to authority is when we ought to obey God rather than that. If it's not a thing where you need to obey God rather than man, then we need to listen to authority. Mm -hmm. Ah, no, but I just listen to God, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Paul's telling us that these authorities are ministers. Servants of God and verse five, sorry, therefore one must be sub must be in subjection, 
not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. They are executing the judgments of God on wrongdoings. And it's important for us as Christians, uh, uh, which is what Paul really wants us to know, is that it's important for us to honour these people mm. and to actually listen and to obey and to be in subjection uh, to, to this leadership. Um, let's read on. Let's get into Romans 8, verse 14. Would anyone like to read that, that uh, portion? Avia. Uh, Romans 13, chapter 8. Uh, sorry, Romans 13 from verse 8 to 14. Oh, no, no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, are all summed up in the same, namely, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbour, therefore love is the fulfilment of the law. And do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. Mm. Now our salvation is nearer than we were first believed. The night is fast spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armour of light. Let us walk properly, as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Amen, amen. Bang. Thank you, Abia. Thank you, Abia. I think a couple of things I want to draw out from this. I think from verse 8 to 11, uh, Paul just makes it really clear the importance of love. And I heard you and uh, Hannah speaking about it. Do you know what I mean? Like even in that scripture about love covering a multitude of sins. Uh, uh, that actually all of the commandments, every, everything can be summed up in as simple as you should love your neighbour as yourself. Yeah. Love does no wrong to a neighbour, therefore mm. love is the fulfilling of the law. Yeah. Um, and we heard when Daniel preached about our neighbour, is who was our neighbour? It's that person that's right in front of you. Mm. That's your neighbour. Mm. It may not necessarily be your next door neighbour, but it's whoever is in front of you that needs something. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I really like verse 8 because first in verse 7, Paul's speaking about owing taxes mm. and making sure we give taxes. Mm. And then he says, oh, no one anything. Mm. So the only thing we should add, that the only thing we should owe is love. Mm. That's the only thing as Christians we should owe, meaning that I'm in debt. I'm, I need to give this. Mm. No one should be coming for you for your taxes. No one should be coming for this, that, 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 that. The only thing is love. Mm. That's that. That's the only thing in which we are to owe people is love. Mm. And then from verse 11 to 14, uh, Paul speaks about um, our salvation uh, being nearer than it first was. And I, and I, and I really love this because, uh, First he, first, he actually says to them uh, in verse 11, besides, this is now the time that our hour has come for you to wake up from your sleep. Mm. We're, to wake up from your sleep, meaning that they were sleeping. What were they, what were they sleeping from? Or like, 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 what were they not awake to? What I would suggest is that they were not awake to what Paul is talking about in the, 
in this first portion of the letter. Yeah. They weren't awake to the fact that you should love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. They weren't awake to the fact that it's important for us to listen to authority. Mm-hmm. So you might say that they were sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. And if you see someone who, sleep, who sleepwalks, they are able to walk. Some, some are able to talk. Mm-hmm. Some are even able to respond. But they're not fully conscious to what's around them, to who they are, to what's going on. And Paul's really speaking to them and saying, you know what? It's time for us to wake up. Because actually now that you're saved, your salvation, meaning Jesus coming back, is actually closer than it was when you than when it was first. So it's almost it's that alarm for them. It's that it's that remembering that guys were saved, but Jesus is coming back. Mm-hmm. Our that grand salvation that we've been preaching about is drawing nearer to us. Obviously, we don't know the time, but it's drawing nearer to us than it was yesterday, yeah. than it was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We're going towards it. And then he says this in verse 13. Let us walk properly as in daytime. Not in orgies or drunkenness or in sexual immorality and and sensuality. Not in quarreling and jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify. It's the desires. Um, One thing that struck me about that is when he speaks about in verse four, in verse fourteen, Paul says, "Put on Jesus Christ," mm. which means that we have to make a decision. Mm. We have to make a decision in putting on Jesus Christ, in in walking in a way which fully represents him, which fully honors him, and we and it's up to us to literally choose a way. Uh, um, in which to walk um, which which fully illustrates that he's our God and in putting on Christ um, in fact let me this week uh, I was telling um, uh, Josiah and Debs that it was just one of them terrible weeks terrible weeks and I found myself um, has, has, has anyone just been tempted to sin Okay, cool. I just want to make sure that I'm, you know you just I'm just tempted to sin. I'm just think this is long. I'm just tempted to sin. Do you know what I mean? I just I just want to sin. I just, that's just what I want to do, and I, I feel compelled to sin. That oh, it it feels so much that I feel like I can't control it. I just want to sin, and then in that moment, I'm like thinking, oh my gosh, like there's nothing I can do. I'm reminded that, you know what? Sin has no dominion over us. Then in that moment, I was like, oh, snap. You are about to lie to yourself, Josh. And the lie that I was telling myself was the stuff that I can do. I'm I'm just overtaken. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) It's got me. No, no. I presented my members. I willingly presented my members. Mm. I wanted to, but that sounds a bit too harsh to, to tell yourself. Mm. It sounds better to say I was overcome. Mm. I was caught up. 
I didn't know what happened. You know, like in the movies, <laughs> where they're just like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it, it just happened. And I just started to think that actually as Christians, we can't see that. Yeah. Mm. Because sin has no dominion over us. Wow. It literally has no dominion over us. And then when I thought that, I was like, oh, stop, Josh, just stop. Because yeah. I was like, Josh, you're, you're just about to do something silly. Mm. You're just about to do a madness. Mm. So what's Paul saying? No, no, put on, put on Jesus. Mm. Who's Jesus? It's that ability to walk properly. It's that ability to walk righteously. It's that ability to walk in freedom, mm. in grace, in love. Mm. It's that ability to what? To, 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 to what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. It's that ability to what? Obey authority. Mm. It's that ability. I think, I think, um, and I'm coming to the end. I think we, you know, I'm a prophetic person. I love the prophetic. I'm a prophet, blah, blah, blah. And we speak about these different movements, the prophetic movement, the Shekinah movement, you know what I mean? This movement. Paul, Paul here is talking about the live right movement. The being like Jesus Christ movement. Being like him, yeah, yeah. And it's Jesus Christ was in the Roman Empire, yeah, and he still paid his tax. Exactly. I, I really need us to deep that for a while, just for one second. If anyone didn't need to pay tax or render to anybody, it was Jesus. But this man still did that. If any man could have chose to not love his neighbor. Jesus could have. He, knew, he knows all our hearts. I know if I was Jesus, what I would have done. But he chose to. And that's the encouragement that Paul is bringing to the Romans. Let, let, let's not be like them. Let's not be like the world. Oh, yeah, just as a, there's a secret scheme that can get you out of this. I, I'll make a confession. Do you know what I mean? I, I used to have those, those movie apps on my phone where I could watch Space Jam on my phone. But I know Space Jam is in cinema. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I was number one. I, I was number one. That, that's what I'm saying. I said, I, I said, I was number one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm number one. As Paul said, I'm the chief sinner. I'm the chief. <laughs> Writing things on my travel card. Get, get a one-day travel card, write, change the six into an eight, turn that into a two-day travel card. I'm the chief sinner. I need to make sure it's clear. I, I am the chief in this. I'm the chief in this. But what's, Jesus, but what's Paul saying? No, no. Put on Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Put him on. I know that works for everyone else. I'm, I know you might save a couple quid. Mm, yeah. I know you might, but put him on. Yeah. But put him on. Mm. Put him on. Put him on. Mm. Put him on. Mm. We, like, we, we have to decide to wake up and put him on. When we put him on, we've got authority, we've got, got life, we've got grace, we've got everything. When we decide to say, okay, Jesus is over there, let me do my thing, then we know what we have. Mm-hmm. 
Let's follow authority. Let's owe nothing to anyone except love. Mm. Let's put on the Lord Jesus Christ and let's make no provision for the flesh. Mm. No provision. That provision means like feeding it. Like making a meal for it. Setting the table for it. Why do I make no provision for it? It's very difficult to make provision for it if you've got Jesus on. That is very, very difficult. Very, very, even though you see that table prepared for you, it's very difficult to nyam that when you're caught on Jesus. Very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. That's my encouragement, guys. And that's what I believe Paul is saying here uh, for that for that movement of being like Jesus. That movement is not as cool as the you know, the Shekinah dimension prophetic movement or it's, 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 not, it's not as glorious as that. But it's what, but it's, but it's us walking like Jesus. Mm. And if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Mm. If it's good enough for Jesus to do, to pay the taxes, to listen to in leadership that was a bit mad. Mm. I can't believe you paid taxes to that. Mm. Pay taxes to that. If he's good enough for him, good enough for me.